Hey, adventurers, Skipper Kyle here uh, from the Tales from the Jungle Cruise podcast. Just had to throw a little tag in front of this episode. We just found out that we've been featured in the New York Times uh, Sunday edition that's coming out uh, right after the Jungle Cruise movie premiere. Uh, if you've joined us for the first time, particularly from this, a uh, couple different things to know. Uh, the first season of the podcast was a little rough audio quality-wise. We really got into things in the second season. Uh, we have a list up at junglecruisecrews.podbean.com that has all of our episodes, including some of our best ones to start with. Uh, you can also catch us over on Facebook at facebook.com slash junglecruisecrews. If you're joining us for the first time, particularly if you've just seen or are interested in seeing the new Jungle Cruise movie, welcome. Uh, we are an oral history of the Jungle Cruise ride uh, that all the parks... Uh, Disneyland, Walt Disney World, uh, Tokyo, Hong Kong. And uh, we have been around for 10 years now. We're celebrating our 10th anniversary. And our specialty is sitting down with the people who worked the ride over the years and really uh, hearing their stories uh, and really hearing that oral history of what the ride has been. So uh, welcome aboard, everyone. We're really happy to have you. And uh, we'll get started with our live-ish from the red carpet and our review of the Jungle Cruise movie. Skips and Skipperettes from all across the vast electronic wasteland known only as Internet Land. And welcome back to Tales from the Jungle Cruise. Now, I know it's been a little bit of time since we've had a new podcast up. We're going to chat about that a little toward the end of the episode, and I'll explain a little bit about what's been happening. But obviously, this is the weekend. This is the thing that we have been waiting for as fans of the Jungle Cruise for going on about five years now since this project was first announced. I believe it was 2017, 2016. At the time, of course, there was great skepticism uh, about the movie. We'd had a failed concept idea with uh, Tom Hanks and Tim Allen that didn't really get off the ground. So we waited and we saw the things that were happening. And then, of course, COVID came and kind of ruined the plans. Originally scheduled for October 2019, the movie was pushed back to summer 2020 which became summer 2021. Now, why am I, besides uh, being a 10-year podcaster specializing in the Jungle Cruise, excited about this? Well, it's because on Saturday, uh, the 24th of July, I was able to attend the grand premiere screening, the world premiere screening of the Jungle Cruise movie at the Disneyland Resort, invited as a plus one, uh, and I was thrilled to be there. Uh, got the call on Thursday night, jumped on an airplane Saturday morning, and I was there at the park with Mr. Dwayne Johnson, Emily Blunt, Jack Whitehall, a cast that is fantastic. And of course, the most important part, my fellow skippers and friends who were there at the resort who were there to celebrate this once-in-a-lifetime moment. So I wanted to take you through a little bit about uh, the premiere. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the movie. And how this is going to be set up is this is going to be spoiler-free up to a point. 
And I will let you know when that spoiler is going to happen. Spoiler warning down the road. Not a whole lot, to be very honest. Uh, I'm going to keep this pretty, pretty spoiler free for you. The movie opens nationwide tomorrow. Uh, my top line comment, my, my TLDR on this is go see the movie. Uh, I, I really genuinely enjoyed it. Uh, I've been saying to a lot of people that I actually enjoyed it more than the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Having said that, I will also say I'm a little invested when it comes to Jungle Cruise. You know, I mean, I have a little uh, little skin in the game. So, of course, I have a little a little more uh, interest in this movie doing well. So uh, as far as the premiere, uh, we were we were ushered in there with some really terrible Disney DJs. Uh, and we sat in the theater for about an hour and a half or so waiting for the activities to start. Uh, they said eight o'clock and it was eight thirty before it all came together. The the DJ thing, by the way, Disney is never less hip than when it really tries to be hip. Uh, when when you have Disney DJs that are trying to uh, sound relevant and excited and uh, totally mess up all the hashtags that they're supposed to be promoting, uh, you know that was that was, look. I understand having music. I understand having uh, crowd getting pumped up. You know they could have put on. The Mickey Mouse cartoons of the Jungle Cruise. They could have put on uh, videos of skippers in action actually doing their job. There's all kinds of things they could have done. I, I get the DJ thing. It, it you know it's a big party. We got to be all Hollywood, but um, that was a bit strange. Now, actually, walking the red carpet was fantastic. Uh, of course, we had a lot of step and repeats, a lot of uh, great places to take pictures thing where they insert you into the movie poster so you actually can can get an image of yourself in the poster with Dwayne and Emily. So yeah, it was fun. Um, just, you know, the biggest thing though was being with the skippers. Uh, they had taken 10 of the Jungle Cruise skippers from the ride. Uh, pretty much the best of the best. Uh, you know, just really amazing skippers. Brought them to the premiering costume where they got to do uh, press comments they were able to to get some videos with them online they were part of the live stream event that disney had put on so uh fantastic seeing so many great skippers in there skipper kip skipper carl skipper joey uh the the list is just gigantic i loved everyone that was there so yeah so we got to hang out in the red carpet for a while uh you know we got to have some free munchies and uh jungle cruise popcorn boxes and uh get to hang out and talk to everyone else in the audience then, of course, they brought out um, Dwayne uh, Johnson, Emily Blunt, and I have the video of the entire pre-show and their introduction up on the Tales from the Jungle Cruise Facebook page, facebook.com slash Jungle Cruise, C-R-E-W-S, if you wanted to watch that uh, little bit of the show. And then, of course, we uh, we got into the movie. Um, so here's here's my spoiler-free thoughts. The movie that we saw was in 2D. And I did not know at the time, but there's a number of scenes in the movie that really felt like it should have been in 3D. Well, Friday morning, I'm going to be going to see it again in 3D, and I'll let you know my thoughts once that is all done. But I actually think this might be one of those rare movies that the 3D actually adds to the movie instead of taking away. It was great without it. Uh, definitely not anything that I was uh, longing for, but it definitely felt there were a couple of scenes I wanted to see how they came together in 3D. Uh, the first third of the movie, I thought, was the real star of the show. Uh, the character-driven stuff, the the setup, the action pieces with Emily Blunt, the the humor with Dwayne Johnson, um, the character development, some of the 
the more uh, Indiana Jones type of action scenes that were a little bit less on reliant on CGI. I really felt like that was the best part of the movie. Uh, I do feel like the movie was a little too heavy on CGI, but I, I think that's a criticism I've made, you know, for quite some time. I, I just feel like there were different ways they could have done things. It, it just felt a little heavy. Now, having said that, a lot of this was uh, developed in COVID where they were really able to go back and clean things up and really able to work on it. The 3D quality was excellent. Excuse me. CGI quality was excellent. You know, there's a lot of movies where, you know, we've looked at the Marvels and the DCs and things like that. And the, the CGI has, you know, been a little obvious. Um, you know, I feel like they were able to do a little bit better with the CGI with the extra time that they had. But it still, for me, felt uh, like I, I could have been just as happy if this was a movie that was more along the lines of a romancing the stone and had a little less of a supernatural element. Now, having said that, I think the trailers that they have been putting out do a real disservice to the movie. They really don't feature uh, what I feel like is the, the kind of the core of the movie. You know, not a single trailer I've seen I felt really represented how good this film was. Uh, I like Jack Whitehall a lot more than I thought I was going to in the movie. You know, there were a lot of rumors that they had gone back and reshot a lot of his dialogue and a lot of his scenes because they weren't happy with how the character was coming across on the screen. If that is true, uh, I really didn't feel that. Emily Blunt, uh, for me, uh, much as Dwayne Johnson is fantastic and, and his chemistry was great, for me, this was an Emily Blunt vehicle more than anything else. I feel like it was, uh, you know, people have said Indiana Jane. Um, I, I really love her as an action star. She really shines in this movie. Uh, it was, uh, it was for me, I could have seen an entire, you know, trilogy of movies with just her. Uh, so I really feel like she did earn that Indiana Jones style. Um, I didn't, there were no uh, SEA, Society of Explorers and Adventurers links. That was something that I was a little disappointed in. But yeah, I mean, the other things, other thoughts of the movie, uh, I'm I'm disappointed that there's no movie merchandise. You know, Disney is known for milking the cash cow. And for me, this this didn't do it. There's almost no merchandise out there. I know it's COVID related, but, you know, there's a few T-shirts at Target. There's a, a pop Jungle Cruise boat, you know, but where are... You know, where are the where's the boats? Where's the the Dwayne Johnson action figures, Emily Blunt action figures? I feel like there's so much more that they could have done with this. And it really it just feels like there's not uh, a lot of things out there. You know, I, I kind of wonder if with COVID, if they had other plans and those things went uh, went south. Uh, but I, I do really wish that there was more out there because I would be buying it. Um so uh, as the last of the the non-spoiler comments, uh, I, I will say that this movie was a, a love letter to Skippers. Um, it definitely felt like they acknowledged the spirit of the attraction in a way that I was very pleased to see. They, they honored some of the uh, legacies of, of the Jungle Cruise and the Jungle Cruise Skippers. There's a lot of little tiny Easter eggs and, and references to things in the ride, uh, references to boats. Uh, so, yeah, it, it was really fantastic from that, that viewpoint, uh, and I, I really did love it. Uh, so we'll get to the spoilery links uh, here in, in just a second. But, yeah, obviously, go see the movie. Go have a great time. 
Uh, whereas I don't think it quite lives up to their adventure of a lifetime tag. For me, I, I was definitely feeling like it, for me, it was as good as the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie, if not better. Uh, it's a, it's a movie I want to go back and rewatch and see over and over again. And, uh, definitely feel like there's been a little bit of, uh, you know, bombing of it over on Rotten Tomatoes. As of right now, it sits at about a 69%, which granted for a summer action movie is not bad. But yeah, I I, I think it was better than, uh, you know, than it was being given credit for on some of the reviews. So uh, we're going to go to spoilers here in just a second. So uh, if you are listening, don't want to hear the spoilers, I will drop in a timestamp for you to jump to the end of the episode and hear uh, the final state of the pod information. So uh, hang tight for just a second. Your timestamp is coming up now. So to avoid spoilers, jump to 15 minutes and 50-50 seconds on the podcast. So, uh, spoilery stuff, and there's not going to be a whole lot of it, but, um, you know, one of the things I, I really am going to say is it did not feel like a PG movie. It really felt PG-13, and I wonder if they had taken the reins off and gone full-rated, like, PG-13R on this, that it, it actually could have been better, it could have been darker. Uh, I actually wouldn't have minded seeing this, you know, as a little more intense in some places. I, I feel like... There's always that let's pull back a little bit for the kids and for the kids in the audience. So I, I do feel like, you know, they did have uh, Paul Giamatti's character, which I'm trying to figure out how he was supposed to be Italian. That that didn't make any sense at all. I I love the bird. I love the uh, the, the parakeet that he very reminiscent of Zoe, who used to be above the Jungle Cruise boathouse in the cage during the summers. Uh, but man, that character, uh, I'm glad it was in small doses because if it had been any larger than that, I feel like it could have really, uh, he was chewing scenery, uh, really heavily. Uh, and, and personally, I, I really did not like, uh, Jesse Plemons's, uh, character in the movie. He plays the, uh, son of Archduke Ferdinand of Austria. And there's, you know, no spoilers because this is obviously in the, the trailers, there's a submarine in the Amazon, which just makes absolutely no sense. Uh, it is it is not a place where you could bring a submarine. It would get stuck on every corner as it's trying to make turns. You know, there are parts of the, the Amazon where there's enough depth to it. But, man, someone just had to really stick their fingers in their ears and just go la, 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 la on that one. The other thing I, I, I think, and I alluded to it in the past, um, I think they missed an opportunity to have a nice twist with the backside of water toward the end of the movie. You know, the, the backside of water is kind of thrown out there in the front, and it kind of feels like it could be uh, a little bit of a, a tease for other things. And uh, I would have liked to see, you know, the backside be a mystical gateway to the, the final showdown set piece thing that they had. You know, it... Uh, it it kind of falls into that let's have act three be so big kind of a feel that Marvel gets out of their movies or DC gets out of their movies where you have to have a giant set piece and, you know, damned if it makes any sense to physics or to, uh, you know, actual architecture or what would have been possible in, in primitive civilizations. Uh, you know, once again, though, nitpicking because I loved it. I enjoyed it. Heart was racing, clapping along, thought it was fantastic. 
other than that, spoiler-wise, I, I think that kind of hits all the big things. Yeah, I think that hits all my big spoilery points. So, so uh, in my end-of-day review, I, I would say it's a it's an A-, minus B B-plus kind of movie. Um, I don't feel like it was everything I wanted it to be, but it definitely ticked off most of the boxes and and was very enjoyable. Uh, I was thrilled to get a chance to go see it and the screening, and I'm sure a part of my enjoyment maybe was, you know, tagged into the fact that I was there getting to see it at Disneyland with a whole bunch of my friends and and skippers and celebrities. I'm going to go see it again on Friday with my wife, and we'll see how we like the 3D version, and I'll give everyone a little bit of an update. Uh, One of the great things that happened with the... um, with the screening was I was able to come back with some fantastic swag uh, and I'm going to be doing something on the Jungle Cruise webpage before too long with a a drawing, uh, something to do a giveaway of some of the free stuff that I had had grabbed at the showing. So I'll be putting links up to that over at uh, Jungle Cruise, uh, facebook.com slash Jungle Cruise. So let's talk about, it's been five months since the last episode. And, uh, you know, I think everyone who's been listening knew that, uh, you know, I was, you know, definitely waiting for the movie to come out and and wanted to make sure we kept the podcast going through this point. Uh, COVID had a lot of challenges to to the podcasting, the first of which is obviously I moved from California to Ohio, and uh, that changed up quite a bit of things for me in my life. Um, It took me out of an area where I could go grab a microphone and sit down with people. But look, COVID changed. Uh, you know, the entire situation as far as as how I used to do podcasts, you know, it was no longer easy for me just to drive out to someone's house and sit down and interview them. Uh, you know, everything that, that happened, you know, it's a pandemic and it's a, a change to all of our lives and it definitely shifted some behaviors and, and uh, tone. And I, I found I was getting a lot of no's it, when I was doing interview requests. Um, for every 30 people I asked, I'd get 31 no's. And it just seemed like nobody wanted to talk about it. Look, priorities were in other places. Uh, you know, COVID was on our mind. Safety was on our mind. Um, you know, Disney parks were closed. And I, I think everyone knows that I've not been a news show. I've not been, hey, here's what's happening at the Disney resorts this week. That's never been what I've done. There's a lot of other podcasts out there that do that really well. It's not my thing. Uh, so I wasn't going to come out here and, and, you know, stick an every other week podcast that was just full of fluff out. I, I already had felt like we've addressed a lot of the things in some cases over and over. But I, I love hearing people's stories. Uh, the good news is that it seems like that's waning a little bit right now. And I actually have some really great interviews coming up uh, over the next few months. So we're in the middle of putting some things together. Got some big name stuff. We got uh, people from the premiere. We've got some people who've worked for the jungle for a long time, people who've, who've moved on from the jungle. So uh, not going to spoil anything until it's in the can, but I, I've got a lot more people now who are wanting to talk about their time and who are wanting to do the podcast. So that is coming up. Uh, you know, I'm still in Cincinnati. That, ha- that, that hasn't changed. Um, nope. Still here in Ohio, which is is okay. I'm not uh, complaining. It's a good place to get through the pandemic. So we are going to be setting up some Zooms. Uh, I'm going to try to do some things over the next few weeks uh, so people can talk about the movie, give their reactions, and we can just uh, have some people jump in and do little small interviews as part of a group. 
rather than uh, having to do one-on-ones for, you know, a 45-minute interview. And I guess the other big piece of news is we're coming up on our 10th anniversary on August 11th. So uh, it is an amazing thing that the podcast has lasted this long. I am incredibly grateful to to everyone who's out there who's listened, who has supported us. Uh, you know, the T-shirts and the things like that uh, not only support other skipper artists, the money for each artist goes straight to them. Uh, but, you know, it it has been a couple of thousand dollars or more out of my pocket over the last 10 years. Uh, so I appreciate everyone continuing to, to find some good stuff there. If you're a skipper artist and you want your work put up on the skipper store, uh, please do so. So really, as as the first oral history of the Jungle Cruise, as the first, you know, attempt to really document what we've done, you know, there's been other things that have come afterwards. There's been a lot of things, uh, obviously, with the movie coming out, a lot of interest has been out there. But, you know, we've had three and a half million downloads, uh, a couple hundred hours of, of interviews and recording. Uh, it has been an absolute pleasure kind of being the go-to place for Jungle Cruise stuff that's out there. Uh, and we're really hoping that as we move forward and as the movie gains traction, first of all, Let's get some sequels because, you know, the chemistry was there. I think that there's some really great movies that can be done that really tell more of this story. Um, but, yeah, I, uh, I I have been privileged and pleasured to be the, uh, the person who's been out here uh, telling the stories, bringing the skippers to you. You know, there's been times where, you know, I've definitely enjoyed it, but I've, I've never really felt like it was about me. It always has been how can we how can we put this stuff out there for people who really love the ride and who really uh, you know have either worked it or really enjoyed it when they've gone on it who love the the theme and the feel of it. So, uh, well, that's pretty much it, guys. Uh, like I said, there's more stuff coming down the road. I'm sure I missed some things talking about it, but uh, I wanted to get out there with a little uh, little comments, let everyone know how much I enjoyed the movie. Uh, and let you guys know that I have not gone entirely away. Just uh, took a little bit of a break as we were getting people through the last uh, you know, year of, of COVID and the things that were happening. So if you would like to uh, drop us a line, the email address is junglecruise, C-R-E-W-S at gmail.com. Uh, if you are a skipper or know a skipper who'd like to appear on the show, definitely let us know. We always love to talk about that. Also over on Facebook, facebook.com slash Jungle Cruise, C-R-E-W-S. And if you'd like to see all the fun t-shirts and merchandise and other stuff that we have out there, uh, you can get that at tiny, T-I-N-Y-U-R-L dot com slash The Skipper Store. Um, and we have, I believe, eight uh, different skipper artists who have contributed artwork to that. And when uh, those things are sold, that money goes directly to them. So... Yeah, well, thanks, everyone. I appreciate you uh, you hanging in with us for 10 whole seasons of jungle goodness, and we're looking forward to having 10 more years. Kungaloosh, everyone. <laughs>